Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Zaslo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-3, that's 800-747-3733, title sponsors from day number one, no, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslo Show 2.0. It is a Tuesday, the 12th of December. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, If you're involved in an accident, it doesn't matter what kind, if you're dealing with a personal injury, wasn't your fault. You call Anna Jar and Levine. You let them put their skills to work for you. You get compensated like you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3-733. We didn't do the show yesterday. I apologize. It was a Dolphin game day. Wasn't my plan not to do the show yesterday, but I had the roofers. They're actually still here at the house, but yesterday, like, all day long, had the roofers here getting a new roof on the Zaslow Mansion. Very important to have a roof to your home. So yesterday, it's banging and banging. And I, not only would, would I not have been able to do the show here because it's so loud, but I had to take the dogs, had to leave the house. The dogs were going to go crazy. So, like, I wasn't home all day yesterday. I was out all day yesterday at my neighbor's house, just hanging out there. So, couldn't do the show. I apologize for that. Hopefully, you don't hear any banging today. There's no banging right now. I, I think they may be done with that part. But if you hear any kind of, you know, noise of that sort, you know what it's from. A lot to get to here today. I mean, you, get, you guys know what we're talking about today. There's no pussyfooting around what we all bear witness to last night. But first, with all the major sports in action this week, you got the college football playoffs. They're getting ready to kick off and bet online. 
is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. That includes news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, man, what a what a shit show the entire game was because you only had stuff to cheer about for two minutes in that game yesterday. The first, what, what are we talking here? 54 minutes. Well, actually, the first few minutes were good last night, except the first few minutes weren't even good because the Dolphins drove the field and then they turned the... You, you had Xavier Howard go down hurt. You had Jalen Waddle go down hurt. You had Connor Williams go down hurt. Then the Dolphins get down to the goal line to a fumbles and, and, and so we got a turnover right away. So that all happened before, like right before the Zach Sealer touchdown. So you had like 20 seconds of really cool there with Zach Sealer. But really, the first 54 minutes of the game was a total shit show. Then you had two minutes that you felt good about when the Titans really handed the Dolphins the football game. And then the next four minutes... Again, shit show resumed. So, you you had a total of about, what are we talking, about 55 and a half minutes last, no, no, more than that, like 57 and a half minutes last night was just a giant shit show. And now the Dolphin fam, this is what we have to deal with. So, I, this isn't going to be the type of show today, I'm not going to give you the type of show where, okay, Zazzle's going to make us feel better. Now, I'm not ready to jump out the window. I'm not putting a gun in my mouth here. But I, I'm not going to make you feel better about what took place last night. And so, and, and here, here's, here's the big picture. I can't sit here and scold people who say the Dolphins are frauds anymore. You know that's been my MO for most of this season. Dolphins lose on the road. Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo, all good teams, all Super Bowl contenders, and we'll get to the Bills, uh, you know, coming up here. But you got other teams who will lose to the, the the lesser thans. They're not frauds. Only the Dolphins. Well, now the Dolphins have one of those losses. Now the Dolphins got tripped up, and it happened at home against a Tennessee team with really nothing to play for. So, I I can't sit here and defend the Dolphins from being frauds anymore. Now. That doesn't mean that I think the Dolphins are frauds. I don't think the Dolphins are frauds. Like, I don't I don't feel that way. But I can't sit here and defend you. I lose that case. I walk into a court of law against someone who is going to make a case that the Dolphins are frauds. I'm going to lose that case today. I lose that argument until I win it. And the only way that I win it is for the Dolphins to win those big games. Like, we were going to get to that place... Where, hey, Dolphin fan, I've been telling you, Dolphin just people are going to say what they're going to say, and the Dolphins are going to have their opportunity, they're going to have their chance, Dallas at Baltimore, Buffalo, and then of course the playoffs, but specifically those three final games of the regular season, Dolphins are going to have their chance to shut everybody up. But now, now, because the Dolphins lost that game last night, and lost that game the way they did, the thing that I've been standing on is 
the sign of a great team. You don't get tripped up by the bad teams. You know, essentially, split the games against the really good teams. Don't get tripped up by any of the bad teams. You're going you're gonna to end up in a great spot. Dolphins can't say that anymore. I can't say that anymore. So, I lose that case now. I can't win that case until the Dolphins win that case. I don't have a leg to stand on anymore. So, last night I went to the game. Took my son to the game. Got him, got him for Hanukkah. Got the tickets a couple months ago, actually. So, for Hanukkah, very expensive, these tickets. But, we, 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 sat, we sat where we like to sit. First row, upper deck. And we sat in one of the corners. And these are such money seats. Like, if you're thinking about going to a Dolphin game, first row upper deck is so money for football. But first row upper deck in the corner, like right in front of where the bars are, right in front of where the big screens are, because it's just one row. It's just one row there. So, like, I I get to just, get to just sit there. Like, I I, I stood up a a few times. and, And by the way, it's not like there were very many things to stand up and cheer about. How many times throughout that game did you actually have plays that you could stand up and get excited about? But I love those seats right there, especially just the one row because I don't need to stand up. Like, it was a guy in the section over and said, everybody stand up, stand up. And like, I'm thinking to myself, nah, man, I specifically, I specifically bought these seats so I don't ever have to stand up. I'm in the front here. There's nobody in front of me. And guess what? No one behind me. I specifically got these seats so I don't ever have to stand up. Now, I did stand up a few times because I get excited. But last night, the, the thing that bothers me the most... So, I've talked about this before, right? I'll never understand. I'll never understand. It's why, you know I don't like traveling for sporting events. I'll travel for WWE. Always a great time. I'll travel for Pearl Jam. Always a great time. I don't like the idea of traveling for sports. And I made the example where, you know, the last Dolphin game I went to a few weeks ago against the Raiders, there's a good amount of Raider fans there. Not a ton, but a good amount of Raider fans there. And it's like, man, I did you enjoy that? Like, the Dolphins, they, they won the game at the very end. The, the Raiders come up short. You spend a ton of money. You're walking out of the stadium now, and like you're saying to yourself, ah, I still had a great time. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like a good time to me. And so, you know, you're thinking of all the money that you spent, your team lost. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like I'm not one of those who leaves. The game. Oh, but we still had such a great time. So I'm leaving the game last night, and it, I mean, it doesn't even play a part really. The fact that the Dolphins, uh, Dolphins, the fact that I lost that that I spent so much money on the tickets, I don't even care about that. Cause, but but you could factor that into this argument I'm making if you want. I'm leaving the game last night, and. Like, I don't know. I, I I didn't have that much fun. <laughs> I'm leaving now. It's a loss that feels like it derails the season. And I'm not walking out saying, uh, you know, putting my hand around my son. Ah, son, but at least we had a great time together. Like, I don't know. Wasn't that fun to me? If they would have won the game, great time. But they lost. And I didn't even travel. I'm here. I'm local. Took me 20 minutes to get home. Real easy getting in and out of that parking lot, actually. I had that maroon Mac Daddy parking pass. You know what I'm talking about, right next to the helipad. But nonetheless, I wasn't walking out of that stadium saying, oh, you know what? Still had a great time. Didn't feel like that great a time. They lost, and it was a super damaging loss. I don't, I mean, good on you, I guess. Now, now, like I said, 
I'm not trying to jump out a window, but I, I, I don't understand the people who still have a good time at the game when their team loses. That, that, that doesn't make sense to me. But And, and the, part, the part that's really frustrating, I was enjoying myself and my son, although the game stunk. But I turned to him and I said, like, it was like third, it was the third quarter and Dolphins were down, or going into the fourth and they're down 13-10. And, and I said to him, I, I like it that it's a close game. You know I like games like that every now and then. I don't need 45-15 every single week. I don't need 34-13 every single week. I'll take 13-10 going into the fourth quarter as long as they're going to pull it out. All right. And I felt like, the, I still felt like they were going to pull it out going into the fourth quarter. And I turned to my son, I'm like, I like it when the game's close. Like the last game I went to and they won uh, 21-13, I think it was, against the Raiders. Unexpected, close game, have to make plays at the end. I like that it's close. Now, I wouldn't have enjoyed the game being close like that at home. I'm watching at home. I want it to be a blowout. But if I go to the game, I like for a change. I like that the game was close last night. So I was into it. You know I like a low-scoring close game every now and then. And so, I, like, I, I... the thing that bothers me the most, though, was I wanted to, it, it should have been like this really cool moment in memory that I had with my son. And, you know, especially when the Dolphins won at 27-13, we were jumping up and down and we were hugging. It's like, yeah, this was so worth it. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. And, and, and then uh, just a lump of coal dumped right on my fucking head at the end of that game. Like, that's, that, that's how it ended up going down. Just a lump of a fucking coal dumped on our head. So that's the part that bothers me the most is I I was enjoying myself. Weather was great. Oh my God, such good weather. And like I said, great seats. So easily accessible to get to the concessions. That right there, I think, now I don't know if it's because we're in the corner of the upper deck, corner end zone, whatever. I don't know how much a part that plays, but the, the convenience of getting to the concession stands. Oh my god, it's not like that in the lower level. In the upper level, major perk of being in the upper level. And like I said, we're, I'm not in the Joy, the, the Joy Taylor Memorial seats sitting 20 rows up. First row. And that's my new favorite thing now for hockey too, for Panther games. First row, upper deck. And Hey, when I was a Heat season ticket holder, I had second row, upper deck, behind the goal. Loved those seats. And it was the section in Kaseya Center where... It's only two rows. So I had the wall right behind me. So great. I love that. I just, I, I, want, I want to feel cozy. All right. But anyway, the way that game finished last, and, and by the way, the start of the game, even after the turnover from Tua when Sealer got the touchdown, it was like such a fun way to start the game. The crowd, that's also one of the things I like about sitting in the front of the upper deck. You got a good view of the crowd. The crowd's just going Ape shit as Sealer got that touchdown. It was such a cool scene. It's like, hell yeah. And I was jacked up to start that game anyway. I was in a great mood. I'm like, we are going to bust these fools. We are going to mess them up. I thought we were going to kill them. They're 13 at point favorite. How are we not going to kill them? And so it was such a fun start. I'm totally jacked up, but it's like, you had nothing else. Because, well, it's the fourth play of the game. Tyreek Hill got hurt. And just the game goes completely sideways. And by the way, I've, you know, if you're a Dolphin fan who's my age, I've seen that movie a thousand times during my childhood. Now, I'm not sure, I'm not sure yet 
if I'm about to witness it again. You know, it's always a thing. The Dolphins would go into September every year, 7-3, 8-2, and you always had that December collapse. Always. I, I don't know if that's what we're going to witness again. There's no reason to believe that those teams from the 90s, early 2000s, have anything to do with this team. There's literally no reason to believe that. Some of these players weren't even alive. So it, it, it's stupid to hold this team accountable for what scarred us growing up, essentially. So I'm holding off on that feeling, but yeah, like, I that last night that we saw, and especially the defense giving it up in the final four minutes, allowing two long, they weren't turnovers, allowing two long touchdown drives to rookie Will Levis. I've seen that movie a thousand times. That felt like those really good late 90s, early 2000s, you know, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, Pat Sertan-led defenses that were awesome and were great the whole game and then would give it up in the fourth quarter. I've seen that movie so many times and we witnessed it again last night. Are we going to witness the same December collapse? I'm not ready to say that. There's no reason to hold this team accountable for those, those teams' actions 25 years ago. There's no reason to do that. So... We'll, we'll circle back to that in a second. But anyway, let's get back to the game here. I wake up this morning. It's like 8.30 in the morning. Call my father. And, you know, I picked up like, oh, can you, can you fucking believe that shit last night? I, I really thought that he would have shut the game off. Well, I mean... ESPN Stats and Info had them as 99% chance to win the game at that point. I I thought my father was going to have turned off the game and gone to sleep. Old man, it's like 1130 at that point, you know? But he knew what I was talking about. He had seen it. And he even said, I, I I almost turned it off. Because, and it reminded me, the Panthers, the Florida Panthers, like... I thought I was going to call him this morning, and he had no idea that they lost. Like, he was going to pick up the phone. I was going, like, you do, do you believe that shit last night? It's like, yeah, great win. I was expecting him to say that because that happened with the Panthers. Panthers-Carolina Hurricanes, game one Eastern Conference Finals. The game that went to, it was four overtimes, right? The game that went to four overtimes and ended at 2.30 in the morning. And I, I, I called my dad the next morning, and I was like, that was unbelievable. You know, did, I, and I remember saying, like, a did you stay up? He goes, yeah, I stayed up. It was a great game. I'm like, really? Wow. You stayed up until 2.30 in the morning? I didn't expect that. Like I said, he's old. And, and he goes, what do you mean 2.30 in the morning? I go, the game ended at 2.30 in the morning. And he's like, what are you talking about? They scored at the beginning of overtime. It was, it was like 11 p.m. I went to sleep. And, and Which, of course, Lombard got the goal. Remember, at the beginning of the first overtime... And then they reviewed it, and they took it away, and the Panthers end up winning in the fourth overtime in the middle of the night. I go, Dad, they played another four hours. (laughs) The game did not end there. He had no idea. Now, granted, same result. Panthers won. But he had no idea what took place until I called him the next day. And I thought I I was walking into the exact same thing. To his credit, he stayed up. Now, I, I, I was at the game last night. Some of you may have been saying, Zaslow, 
Did you leave the game early? No, I did not leave the game early. And now, I thought about it. I thought about turning to my son and saying, hey, you know, it's 27-13. I turned to him, so with six minutes left, it's a tie game. It's 13-13 with six minutes left. And my, and I almost turned, well, I did turn to my son. I turned to him and, and, and I said, because it was tied at 13 with six minutes left. And then at four minutes left, Dolphins are up 27-13. And I said to my son, I go, two minutes ago, with six minutes left in the game, the game was tied, and the Titans were getting the football. Two minutes later, we're up by 14. Now, I, I did I did consider leaving at that point, but then I said to myself, I don't have, I don't have anywhere to be tomorrow. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do the show. You know what? It's great weather. I'm comfortable. I got the Mac Daddy parking pass. I think I'm going to get in. And now it's like, I don't need to leave. So we stayed. But a lot of people left. Now we know I hate leaving a game early when we're down because if we wind up coming back and it's a miracle win. And even if it's a miracle win, like, which happens one out of a hundred times, I don't want to miss the one time. We all remember Ray Allen Game 6 2013 Finals. But do you feel different if you leave and your team blows it? So, like, a lot of people left the, a lot of people left the game early. I did not. But if you did leave early, and I tweeted this out, if you did leave early, are you slash would you be mad or are you glad that you missed that finish? So I got a bunch of responses. Like, John responds, I'm glad I left. Blowing a lead is not a memory I want to keep. I've done that enough with the Canes. Joe responds, went uh, went to be up two, left up two scores with four minutes left. Good question, and I'm absolutely really glad I did. So a couple of these guys, they're glad they left and missed it. Jacko, sweet to me. I saw you stayed. How about that? He saw me. I saw you stayed. I was one that left. Glad I missed that debacle in person. Sammy, glad I missed it. Anthony, I left and glad I did. Who wants to see that garbage? Dak, glad I left. Uh, uh, D. Arona, facts, I stayed too. So he stayed. I, 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 I had to think about it. If I Now, if, if I leave and they make a comeback, that's a disaster, of course. But if I would have left and I missed that... I, I gotta be honest, like, I've been thinking about it. I don't know how I would feel. I, I think I'd have been annoyed that I left. Because, I, I, I don't know, even as that's coming out of my mouth, then there's a part where it's like, no, no, I'd be saying, yo, I'm glad I missed that fucking shit. I, I, although I certainly would have been less stressed. I'd have been less stressed if I left because I didn't witness it, and also because listening to the call Jimmy Seffel on the radio, I, I probably wouldn't have known that they lost. But I, I really don't know. All you guys, though, are saying that, that you're glad you left. You're glad that you missed it. So, I stayed. I stayed. Now, let's get to some of the stuff from the actual game. The offensive line was a major problem. They were already without Robert Hunt. They were without Teron Armstead. And I told you, they should have held Teron Armstead out. Already without Hunt. 
Already without Armstead. Then they lose Connor Williams just a few plays into the game. Three-fifths of their offensive line and four-fifths of their line at the start of the season are out. This is a problem. And the offensive line has been great all year. It finally caught up to them last night. And then you add on top of it with Tyreek being out. So not only the offensive line being out and Tyreek being out, and now all the rhythm is completely thrown off. But man, let's also be fair. Tua was bad. He was bad last night. Just not sharp. And that comes with throwing his timing off. See, that's the whole key with him. If you throw, it's not even just the happy feet. If you can throw his timing off, no one in the league is better with the accuracy and with the timing than Tua Tonga-Vailoa. But if you throw off the timing, you don't even need to sack him. And they had a bunch of those. But if you throw off the timing, that is the whole key with him. And it did not feel like McDaniel trusted him late in the game. And I certainly didn't trust him late in the game. When the defense scored, I can't believe they marched down the field the second time they did. I kept saying to myself, I can't believe they're going to lose this game. I can't believe they're going to lose this game. And then when the Dolphins got the ball back, there was no part of me that thought, there was no part of me that thought Tua was going to drive them down the field. And if they did, there was less part of me that thought Jason Sanders was going to miss that kick. I saw it going through my head. I've been telling you guys, He is going to cost them games. He's going to get them eliminated from a playoff game. And Sanders was going to miss that kick. I was so prepared for it. But I had no confidence in Tua on that final drive. And McDaniel did not trust him. And we didn't trust him. And the turnovers now for Tua, interceptions and holding the football, are a major, major problem. And here's the biggest knock on Tua. You ready? Because we know what he is by now. And he's a really good quarterback. And he's the most accurate. And the timing is the best. He's terrific. I love him. They can absolutely win a Super Bowl with Tua. But we know what he is by now. Alright? And the biggest difference. This is the biggest knock. (coughs) The biggest difference between Tua and the other elite quarterbacks. Tua doesn't make those magical plays. He can make all the great throws. The timing, the accuracy, phenomenal. As good as anybody. But he doesn't make... He he can make magical throws. He doesn't make the magical plays. There's a difference. We're talking about the defense gets him rolling out. The defense gets him scrambling. And he makes it happen. He makes something out of nothing. He makes the magical play. He doesn't do that. We know what he is by now. And what he is, is definitely good enough. And great at times. But the biggest knock I would say against him is, he, he isn't capable of making those magical, improvisational plays. And that's what happens when you get him rolling. When you get him out of the pocket, when you get him scrambling, and you need him to make something happen, he's not good at that. And we saw it, we saw it a lot last night. Now, would he have been better at making those plays with Tyreek Hill running around? Yeah. 
But the circumstances can't always be perfect. That's, I, I think that's the biggest knock. He was never able to make that play happen last night. And in general, he is not great at making the magical play. He could make the magical throw. The magical play, we don't get that very much from him. And by the way, not a good game for Mike McDaniel either. Again, with the challenge, he's awful at challenges. I think for his career, he's two for 11. He's terrible at challenges. And not running the ball on the goal line. Dolphins running game was great yesterday. Not running the ball on the goal line. That stupid fade to Cedric Wilson. I hate that shit. And then, when they really needed some kind of urgency, really conservative on that final drive. Pass to the left. Should have been ruled inbounds. They called him out. Pass to the right with Achan. I thought he got out. They said he didn't. I haven't even seen a replay yet because fucking whatever. Clock runs. Two and out. Fourth down. And then you get sacked. Game over. Like, not McDaniel's finest game. Probably the worst loss so far in the Mike McDaniel era. Frustrated, man. We are going to have some fun today. We'll get to the Heat. The Heat won last night. I I watched... The last few minutes of the fourth quarter on my phone at the game at, at the Dolphin game last night. We'll update our power rankings. Got to do that. Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings. We know now. Last night, week 14, Packers. Packers lost to the Giants 24-22. So big uh, underdogs. Both games came through last night. Giants and Titans. So we'll update the playoff picture. We got Twitter Jam as well coming up. Panthers are back in action tonight. Late night with the Cats. You know what I'm talking about. First, though, I'll tell you what else I'm talking about. If you're thinking about buying a new car, I send you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. You know we're talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they promise to provide customers with an exceptional experience at their brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. You get that relaxed indoor car shopping experience. Maybe just want to get your current car serviced. And by the way, You don't have to currently drive a Subaru to get that exceptional service at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. They service all makes and models. And right now, at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they have an extensive new and pre-owned inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, there's a big event going on right now. The 2023 Subaru Share the Love event, where a portion of all new sales goes to help local organizations in the community. Plus, lots of great offers right now, like a 2024 Subaru Outback Premium. You can lease for just $321 a month for 36 months with $59.95 due at signing with approved credit. Or a new 24 Crosstrek, just $219 a month for 36 months with $54.95 due at signing. Go it nflsubaru.com that's nflsubaru.com north fort lardale subaru the location you know with an experience you'll love so here's what the playoff picture looks like now baltimore 10 and 3 first place all by themselves and now the dolphins of course do not control their own fate when it comes to first in the afc and getting that by but getting second in the afc is still really good and, and also one of the frustrating things was With Kansas City losing this weekend, the Dolphins had a two-game lead on Kansas City, who they don't own the tiebreak with, and we know the Dolphins have a very tough final three. So Kansas City can easily make up one of those games, and then you drop to third, potentially, in the AFC. So anyway, Baltimore 1, Miami 2, 
Kansas City and Jacksonville three and four. Cleveland is fifth at eight and five, <coughs> and six and seven is Pittsburgh and Indianapolis at seven and six. Now, the the first place in the AFC. I don't think we need to be spending any more time talking about first in the AFC because the AFC East now needs our full attention. The AFC East now deserves our full attention. Winning that division, you can't finish first in the AFC if you don't finish first in the AFC East. And right now, that is totally back in the picture. See, we were all rooting for Buffalo to beat Kansas City over the weekend because there's no reason for us to have expected the Dolphins to lose to Tennessee. We wanted to be three up on Buffalo going into week 15 and two up on Kansas City. Instead, we're rooting for Buffalo. We're two up on Buffalo now and two up on Kansas City when now you'd probably rather it have been the other way around. But anyway, there's no real reason to talk about first in the AFC. AFC East now deserves our full attention because here's what we're talking about now. So we know what the Dolphins' final few games look like. It's the Jets, Dallas, at Buffalo, at Baltimore, Buffalo. Those final three games, super hard. Can the Dolphins lose two of those three? Totally. Buffalo. So here's the scenario. Buffalo needs to be within one game of the Dolphins going into that final game. So Buffalo, in the next three weeks, needs to make up one game on the Dolphins. Dolphins have the Jets, Dallas, at Baltimore. Buffalo has Dallas this weekend. We're big Cowboy fans this weekend. Buffalo has Dallas, at the Chargers, New England. Two of those three are definitely wins. If Buffalo goes 2-1 and one in that stretch... Then the Dolphins can obviously go 2-1 and one in their stretch and, and have the AFC East locked up before Week 18, before that matchup. If Buffalo goes 3-0, which I got to tell you, I think is possible. Like, if Buffalo beats Dallas this weekend, they are going 3-0 in that stretch. If Buffalo beats Dallas this weekend, the Dolphins have to win their next three games. Or that final game against Buffalo is for the division. And they could drop all the way down to a wild card, which is obviously a disaster considering where they were just 24 hours ago. I mean, think about that. 24 hours ago, we're first in the AFC if we beat the Titans at home. And now we're talking about maybe being a wild card team. Fucking disaster last night, man. So that, I, I, I can't talk about first in the AFC anymore. We have to talk about first, we have to talk about winning the AFC East now. All right, let's let's take a step back from the Dolphins stuff for a moment here. It's Tuesday. We're heading into week 15 now. Let's get an updated look at Zaslow Show 2.0 Power Rankings. All right, here we go. You know how we do this. Every Tuesday, updated look at our Power Rankings. We count it backwards for dramatic purposes. Number five, dropping two spots, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are lucky they didn't drop out of the top five. I told you. I I don't have a leg to stand on. I try and defend the Dolphins right now. But we're not dropping them out of the top five. There's still not five other teams better than the Dolphins, okay? 
despite last night's loss. So the Dolphins dropped two spots this week to number five with their loss to Tennessee last night. Number four, staying in the fourth spot, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, they get crushed at Dallas. They still remain, though, at number four. I think they're better than the Dolphins right now. I think they deserve to be ahead of the Dolphins right now. I don't believe there are more than three teams better than Philadelphia right now. Number three, remaining in the third spot this week also, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens squeak past the Rams in overtime. The Number three is good, but I don't think the Ravens did enough to move up from number three. Number two, jumping up three spots this week, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are second best team in football right now. Yep, they have jumped three spots. Dak Prescott, the performance he had this weekend, where Dallas currently sits in the NFC, beating Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, right now, front runner for MVP could be Dak Prescott. Although, based on last night, based on the Dolphins' performance with Tyreek missing most of that game with Tyreek Hill hurt, Tyreek Hill may have made his case for MVP last night. But Dak Prescott could be the league MVP right now. Dallas jumps up three spots. They are number two in Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings. And number one, once again, Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings. Best team in the NFL right now, San Francisco 49ers. The Niners, they beat the Seahawks. The Niners remain in the top spot. So Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings. Number five, Miami. Number four, Philadelphia. Number three, Baltimore. Number two, Dallas. Number one, San Francisco. And how about that? The AFC was supposed to be so much stronger than the NFC this year. Three of the top five teams, including actually three of the top four, are NFC teams. And that right there is the updated edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Power Rankings. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, biggest winner of the week, I, I go Buffalo Bills. Biggest win of the week, a huge, a monster win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Keeping their, keeping their playoff hopes alive, of course. Their season probably ends if they lose that game in Kansas City. So a monster win by Buffalo. And then based on everything that happened last night, I mean, right now, it, it, it really seems 50-50. Even though the Dolphins are two up on Buffalo in the division right now, it really seems 50-50 as to who's going to win the division, Dolphins or Bills. So Buffalo, to me, was the biggest win of the week. Biggest loser of the week, to me, Detroit Lions. Yeah, Detroit Lions, to me, are the biggest loser of the week. They lose to the Chicago Bears, and now it's two of the last three weeks. They've lost the Bears in Chicago and the Packers at home. So you look at those two games. The Lions sit at 9-4. and four. They're a game back of first and second, and those two games feel like games they should have won. They could be first place. So a little bit of that same, that same old Lions seems to be creeping up if you're a Lions fan. So I got biggest winner of the week, Buffalo Bills. Biggest loser of the week, Detroit Lions. You know what keeps you from being a loser? Getting yourself great sleep. And the easiest way to get the great sleep is by getting your bed sheets at Sheets and Giggles. That's right. SheetsGiggles.com, where you get the softest, 
coolest, most breathable sheets around. And if you use promo code Zazlo, you're going to get 20% off your first order at checkout. That's right, 20% off the best sheets you're ever going to come across. It's going to be one less thing you and your family got to worry about is where you get your bed sheets, your blankets, your pillows, even eucalyptus mattresses. That's right, eucalyptus mattresses from Sheets and Giggles. Follow them at Sheets Giggles on Twitter. My man Colin, he's the founder and CEO. He's always putting out great promo codes, discounts, always have the sales going on. But if you've never ordered from SheetsGiggles.com yet, Use promo code Zazlo, 20% off your first order at checkout. Then you keep returning every time you want to get more. You're going to want more because you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. Sheetsgiggles.com, promo code Zazlo. Let's get to today's edition, this week's edition of Twitter Champ. So... This week's edition, like it has been for the last few weeks, this week's edition of Twitter Jam is on the Dolphins last night and their collapse, obviously. Things started out so well. This first tweet here is from the NFL. The NFL tweets out, Big man pick six. Zach Sealer jumps the route for the Dolphins touchdown. And here was the call on Monday Night Football on ESPN. Levis from the end zone, four-man rush, ball throws right into traffic, and it's intercepted. Zach Sealer with a pick six. Oh, the crowd was so hyped. It was so much fun. My son and I were jumping around. It was so cool. And, by the way, first of all, Will Levis is pretty tough, man. It seemed like a stupid idea at the time. Will Levis putting his shoulder down. A, a, a yard into the goal line. Like, what was he going to do about Zach Sealer? And Sealer just lowering the boom on him. It was such a cool play. This next tweet is from Jake Asman. <coughs> he hosts the Jake Asman Show on YouTube. I think he's uh, an ESPN New York personality. And he tweets out here, Congratulations to the Miami Dolphins on elite level collapse. Well done. Yeah, he's probably a Jets fan. But, you know, he gets to make fun today. We don't. Next tweet, John Linder. Oh, he used to be, a, he used to be a, a, a radio guy down here. John Linder tweets, If you've been a fan of this team for decades now, then you're surprised by that collapse, but not shocked. This franchise always finds a way to step in a hornet's nest. It's the new young fans that are going to have trouble processing this loss. Yeah, there's some truth to that. Uh, next tweet here, this is from Joe Shad. He covers the Dolphins for the Palm Beach Post. And he's got a picture of Mike McDaniel here at the podium. He says, Mike McDaniel when Tyreek is out, quote, a good amount of offense goes through him, but at critical times we were off a hair. Our protection isn't what we'd be used to on a player two. We misfired on a player two. Obviously a player of Tyreek's caliber, it hurts when he's not in. Lessons are learned the hard way. Yeah, that was pretty fucking hard way. All right, next tweet here. Worst play of the game goes to Bradley Chubb, right? If it wasn't enough, the game was 7-0. If it wasn't enough that Bradley Chubb couldn't bring down Will Levis with his arm tackle, he then takes his helmet off on the field, which is already a penalty, slams it on the ground to make sure you get the referee's attention, and then 15-yard penalty. So instead of 4th and 4 and a field goal, it's now 1st down and they score. He costs us 4 points. Worst play of Bra- worst play of the season? One of them? Uh, I mean, most impactful play Bradley Chubb's made so far this year, right? I know he recovered the fumble late. Uh, 
Terrible job out of him. Here's Marcel Louis-Jacques, covers the Dolphins for ESPN uh, Nation. Awful penalty that he took full responsibility for after the game. And here's the quote from Bradley Chubb. Just being frustrated with myself and I let my problems be bigger than the team's problems and hurt the team in a way that I don't want to do that. Looking back on it now, just two more steps and I would have been perfectly fine. So it's just frustrating when I let my emotions get the best of me. But at the end of the day, I tried to do everything I could to combat that in the second half and after the second quarter. So just got to find ways to be better as a player, as a person, as a leader, as a teammate. And I will be. And it's just one of those things that lapse judgment got the best of me. And I'll be better the next time for sure in that situation. But hopefully that situation won't happen again. And I'll make the sack instead of falling for it. Uh, he was so close to Levis all game long. And he did recover that fumble late. So you felt like he did make up for it. But... A terrible, terrible job by by Bradley Chubb there. Yeah, and of course he's got to own up to it. All right, next tweet is from The Carton Show. This is on Mornings on FS1. It's Craig Carton and Willie Colon, who I like a lot, and Greg Jennings. And here's the clip of Craig Carton talking about how one-dimensional this Dolphin team was uh, yesterday, Craig says, and they tweeted out the clip. Because here's the Dolphin team I saw yesterday. I saw a one-dimensional team. No Tyree Kill, no offense. Ex- I period. You. And you're talking about a team with Mostert, a team with Achan, a team with Waddle, right? Guys who are always open. Yep. Uh, 40 points a game offense. And I saw a very different team when Tyree Kill went out for the entire second quarter and a good portion of the third quarter. Before he came back, the Miami offense was nothing. Right, because what just like Buffalo did when, when Miami played in Buffalo, they took away that number one option, which was Tyree Kill. And then you forced Tua to kind of sit in the pocket and hold on to the ball, which allowed the pass rush. Now, and just remember this real quick. If Buffalo wins their games prior to Week 18 and the Dolphins lose one game, all they got to do is lose one game, and based on who they play, I would say they probably lose one game. Mm -hmm. Week 18... If the Bills beat the Dolphins, they win the division. Because they they beat them the first time. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine Miami going from, we might be the best team in the entire NFL, to if we lose in Week 18, we're a wild card team at best. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be up to Mike McDaniel, man. This is why they make the big bucks. Next tweet here is, uh, oh, another one from Marcel Louis-Jacques. He says, per next-gen stats... Tua Tungavailoa was pressured on 39% of his dropbacks tonight and sacked five times. When facing pressure, Tua completed four of 11 passes for 27 yards. Without pressure, Tua was 19-22 for 213 yards. Yeah, he was terrible, and the pressure got to him, and he didn't have his safety net there. See, you know, Tyreek Hill and the timing and all of it, it was, he, he was not good. Uh, Josh Moser, he covers sports for... Channel 7, WSVN, and he writes, Good night from Hard Rock Stadium. Devastating loss for the Dolphins. The locker room knowing they let their foot off the gas at the end. Frustrating final three minutes. Luckily, everything is still in front of this team at 9-4 and four with four games to play. Uh, that's a little bit more positive attitude than I have right now. And finally, the fish tank. They tweet out, and this is Seth Levitt walking to his car in the parking lot. He hosts the Dolphins pregame and postgame with... Travis Wingfield and O.J. McDuffie, and and here's our pal Seth Levitt after the game. Damn near 1.45 in the morning. We just wrapped on the post-game show. Still trying to figure out what in the heck just happened because kind of sick to my stomach over it. But I'm going to get some sleep. 
And tomorrow morning, I'm going to remember that I really like this team. I believe they're going to get it figured out. Can't give up on them yet. They've given us a whole lot to cheer for this year. Tonight wasn't one of those nights. But I think we got something. Fins up, man. And that right there is another edition of Twitter Jam. Yeah, that's a depressing version of Twitter Jam. You know what? Even I love Johnny Cuba, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. Not, not even a Johnny would have made me feel better last night. I mean, in any other circumstance, an ice-cold Johnny Cuba will make me feel better. You know what? Tonight, we'll get after it tonight. Go pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba for yourself. Your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco Moss, European Roots of the Caribbean Soul, a refreshing German lager in a can, official beer of Zaslo Show 2.0, Muy Delicioso. I'm not recommending any kind of beer that's not the best to you guys. You know my style. So crack open a Johnny, kick back and relax tonight. Let, let's get going again. I know we're all down today. And of course, make, make sure you always drink responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. I will say, though, and I understand the Dolphin fans upset today. I, I'm up, Like, I was I was more upset last night. Like, I was upset last night because I, I, I was shocked. I really was. I, I can't believe they lost that game. I do. I am proud of myself. There's an element where, man, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, when I was in college, I, I would have jumped out the window last night. So there is an element. Like, I, I'm proud of my maturity. I'm proud of my evolution that I can handle last night and it doesn't affect my life. And it really is, like if you're not there yet, I can tell you it's a liberating feeling. I, I like that last night has not ruined my life this week. I'm pissed, I, I'm, I'm annoyed about it, I'm pissed off about it. But I do have to say this, like some of the stuff you hear and you read from the fan base, you gotta butch the fuck up a little bit. I mean seriously, some of you guys come off so soft. And the McDaniel sucks. Two is not the guy. Like some of this stuff, you gotta butch the fuck up. You know what? Maybe sports isn't for you. That's possible. You think this shit's easy? You think there are no gut wrenching losses along the way? Maybe sports isn't for you. So you need to get your shit together. But last night was exactly the type of loss that the older Dolphin fans uh, have warned you about. It's why they don't believe in this team. They're scarred. I'm scarred too. But I'm also tough. I'm moving past it. Give me another 24 hours. I'm looking to the Jets this week. I fucking hate the Jets. But some of you guys got to butch up a little bit. It's 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 a little much. It, it, this stuff is hard, man. Winning in sports is hard. The Heat won last night, speaking of which. <laughs> the Heat beat the Hornets. Saw the last few minutes of the game. Jaime Hawkes, great. Caleb Martin, Jimmy took over in the fourth quarter. You don't think this team misses Tyler Hero? Like, can somebody else do something in the fourth quarter? Team misses Tyler Hero, all right? Be good. Now, they need Bam back, but getting Tyler Hero back to be a good thing. And and Duncan Robinson, phenomenal last night, apparently. So, the Heat are back in action. They are at home tomorrow against Charlotte. The Panthers begin a Western trip tonight. They are in Seattle at 10 p.m. Tough game. Let's see where the Kraken are. The Kraken. Let's see where the Kraken are right now in the standings. Give me a second here. Uh, yeah, Seattle Kraken there. Eh, they, they're Actually, they're terrible this year. 8-14-7. They're bad this year. Wow. 
They've won eight of 29 games. They're very terrible. So this will be a good start to this trip for the Panthers, who had a real well good win. I mean, they, they beat a team that they should. Columbus sucks, but they scored three goals in the third. They won 5-2 a couple days ago. The Panthers, second in the Atlantic Division, third overall in the Eastern Conference. Excellent job out of them. And here's what this little road trip looks like. Tonight, late night with the Cats at Seattle, then at Vancouver, then Saturday at Edmonton, and then Monday it finishes up at Calgary. Now, of these teams, Seattle stinks. Vancouver's really good. Edmonton's average. And Calgary kind of stinks. So, can, can we get six out of eight points on this trip? That'd be good. Six out of eight points, Western trip. Western Canadian trip. That'd be good stuff right there. All right. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We start things off here with, how about this morning? This son, get up. On ESPN, Dominique Foxworth. Here he is talking about Mike Frabel going for two with a few minutes left in the game. One more Bye, thing everybody. I want to bring up to my man, Dominique, who is my uh, my analytics maven. People always, you said it on the call this morning, the old heads always question going for the two when you're down 14. Last night, Mike Vrabel showed you why it's the right thing to do. That linebacker has a calculator, and I love it. <laughs> Sir, I mean, you want to give your team the best chance to win, and that is an aggressive move to make. We've gotten to a position where I think a lot of us accept that that's a smart move, and it's not the risky move anymore. There was a time when we were judging, but if they lose in that situation i wonder how we react this morning playing a win yeah i'm going big deal i like the move like my son said to me he goes why are they going for two i said well because mathematically but forget even mathematically they believe that in two tries like they essentially have two tries to get the two and they believe that they can get the two on one of them now if they get the two on this one then it sets them up to potentially win the game with an extra point on the next one if they don't get this one, then they believe they can get one out of two, and then a two-point conversion would tie the game on the next one. And I like it. I think it's a good move. It's obviously a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Uh, comedian Nate Bargates was on the Manning cast last night, and th- things got very personal between the quarterback and the center relationship. It's a comfort. It's a comfort area. You don't want to. You don't want to go around okay, that area of too many people. You know. Yeah, you kind of want your hands to be for one set of butt cheeks, Nate, so you don't really want to, you know, share that with, with several. Could, so uh, you, you try to stay could warm. You, uh, could you blindfold and just have your hands under and tell who it is? Yeah, 100%. I could, yeah. for sure. I, I knew I knew Jeff Saturday's butt cheeks as well as anybody. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you ever want to blind. You don't want to use blindfold and butt cheeks together very often. But uh, stop saying the word butt cheeks. It's bothering. Yeah, we can't. We got Nate. I'm going not a big deal. Every Eli was a little bit uncomfortable, but everybody knows uh, it's a very special relationship between center and quarterback. Big deal or not a big deal. Tommy DeVito, who is on quite a heater right now with the New York Giants. I mean, did you see the way his agent dressed last night? He, I mean, like he dressed like the most stereotypical Guido you're ever going to see. And... He's sitting there in the stands then during the game with the family. They're all doing the fingers and the kisses. And here's Joe Buck. Turnover by Keyshawn Nixon. Family section and his agent. This guy, the agent may break the internet. What the heck's going on? (laughs) They have him kisses everywhere. Giants up four. I'm going big deal. It's fun. I'm glad Tommy DeVito is having this success, especially 
the way everyone was busted on in this first couple games, where Brian Dayball clearly did not have his backup quarterback ready. So I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Last night, the San Antonio Spurs lost at the Rockets their 17th consecutive loss. The Detroit Pistons lost last night to the Indiana Pacers. Their 20th consecutive loss. I'm sorry. This is not professional basketball. You... 20 consecutive losses and then even the piss uh, uh the, the the Spurs part of it stop telling me how great Popovich is you know Popovich wins with Duncan he wins with Kawhi Leonard he wins with David Robinson as like their fourth best player and now their team stinks every year they've lost 17 in a row and it takes a lot of the aura away from Victor Wembanyama that they lose 17 in a row I'm going big deal and finally big deal or not a big deal a birthday over the weekend, your girl Amber Wilson, she turned 31 this weekend, so everybody wish Amber a belated happy birthday there, happy birthday to her, that's a big deal, and that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal, yes, there you go, we did it, we got through the day, I hope I was able to entertain you guys a little bit, maybe laugh a couple times, because man, last night was the drizzling shits. Today's show also brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks, everybody, help put together a great show. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, and right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.